Welcome to the ministry of Reverend David Edigenfi. Reverend David is the founder and president of Kingdom Mystery Center Worldwide. He is an end-time apostle mandated to raise mature sons of God who will explicitly manifest their identity in Christ. Reverend David has a dynamic music ministry and is the author of Dangers of Wrong Marriage. His strong passion for soul winning has spread Jesus for all missions and evangelistic crusade ministry. Now listen to Reverend David Edigenfi. We are grateful eternally. We thank you, Lord. We are amazed about how you are moving us forward and causing all things to work together for our very good. We are amazed about how you're using all things to our advantage. When the enemy had orchestrated, organized, and tried to bring us down, it is our way of exhortation. Thank you. Thank you for dying for us. Your death was a higher wisdom for our redemption. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I'm eternally grateful for this privilege and opportunity to be a carrier of the eternal words of God that which give it life that which give it life and supply grace that which brings increase thank you Holy Spirit thank you Lord thank you Lord wherever you are, I want you to just connect. Invite a friend. Try and share this broadcast. Tell a friend to get connected quickly because the Lord is about to reveal many things unto us. As believers, our advantage is in what we know. And our disadvantage, if the devil, if the enemy will get us, the Bible said that we are not ignorant of the devices of the enemy least it should have advantage over us the devil's advantage over us is our ignorance but glory be to the lord jesus that is here to bless our lives so tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend call your family together as we educate ourselves as we grow as we grow i sense the anointing of god over here i send the holy spirit I declare the atmosphere opened in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And I sanctify the airwaves by the blood of Jesus. And I declare every hearer to be blessed with a spirit of anointing, understanding. For there is a spirit in man, the inspiration of God. Now give it understanding. I stand, yes, I stand in your presence. 
in your presence fill me up holy spirit i am ready i am ready i say i stand lord i stand in your presence in your presence fill me Lord, by your spirit, cause me to triumph, oh Lord. Cause me to triumph, oh Lord. I stand, I stand in awe of you. Lord, I stand, I stand in awe of you. Holy God, true home, all praise is due. I stand in awe of you. Is this, you are beautiful beyond description. Father, we give you glory. Marvelous. Forward, Shadabakata Nabasata Mandorobo Sheke Telebo Baba Zika Dabrando Shetenis. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yes, so tonight, uh, last week I was. Talking under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit about the infilling, and we actually got to how to be filled with the Spirit of God. And like we realized from the recap, that was a very wonderful summary that makes my work very easy. We understood that there are various mediums by which we can get filled by the Holy Spirit, and we have understood that. When it comes to the infilling of the Holy Spirit, it must be a daily affair. It must be a daily affair. Now, the success of the believer is actually in the in connection with the infilling. You see, your 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 current, as long as your flow is concerned, has a connection with how filled and overflowing you are. How filled you are. When there is a flood, the strength of a flood is not the same as a gentle river. <laughs> it's not the same. So if you overflow, you can do much. You cannot be, you cannot control a flood. No. It is difficult to control a flood. So one can get filled until you come to a point where nothing can do anything about it your existence and your operations when you begin to operate by the Holy Ghost nothing can stop your flow why? because you are overflowing and the current is intense and we understood that if we have to be filled we must practice thanksgiving thanking God always 
praying in tongues, praying in the Holy Ghost always. The Bible said that praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. You see, as a believer, don't make speaking in tongues an option. It's not. It's not an option. If you will even abound in wisdom, what is wisdom? Wisdom is hearing, understanding, and putting to work what God calls truth or what God is doing or what is according to the will of God. So when one walks in the will of God, he is walking in wisdom. When you say things timely, according to what God is saying in that particular time, you are actually operating in the perfect wisdom of God. The Bible says, for this wisdom is pure and it's from above. So hearing from above and operating according to what you hear is actually the demonstration of the wisdom of God. Thanksgiving is another and th thanksgiving, giving thanks always and rejoicing is another medium by which you can be filled with the spirit and we understood that from first Thessalonians 5 and then we also understood that I mean singing and dancing in the spirit we also realize that you can be filled the Bible said that David was dancing and his own wife started criticizing you see one of the things is that you can't desecrate the Holy Ghost don't try it don't try it when you begin to do things in the spirit like as I'm preaching right now and people begin to you begin to give negative comments and try to discourage somebody from hearing by making negative comments you are you are trying to do yourself or position yourself to become an enemy to the holy ghost because you're opposing his work and that becomes a very serious thing so david's wife gave a negative comment and that was it her ability to be fruitful was shut i felt like saying by the grace of god and that we could also sing like Paul said that I will sing with the spirit and then I will sing with the understanding. That scripture must be well understood. I will sing. It's a definite article. I will sing with the spirit. He didn't say I will sing with the spirit and sing with understanding. If he said I will sing with understanding, then that means that he's talking about singing with interpretation in your own language. No. He said I will sing with the spirit and I will sing with the understanding of what I sang in the spirit. We'll deal with that later one another time. But before I go on to today's message, which is the laying of hands, I want to finish up with the uh, avenues of getting filled with the Holy Spirit. It's level two points. And the fourth point is actually the ability to submit oneself. Your ability to submit yourself. Actually, on a normal day, everything that gets filled received the bible says, and without doubt the lesser is blessed by the greater it's also like saying that if i have to be filled i must submit to something which is higher greater and better so one way to get filled by the holy spirit is to learn the art of submission to learn the art of submission if you are if you are not able to submit you have actually cut yourself from supply you have actually cut yourself from supply and the devil always try us through talents and gifts he tempts us when we are talented and we are gifted 
it becomes difficult for us to submit therefore we are not able to progress from the last point of our talent and our gift but you see the act of submission is an opportunity for us to get filled so when you read the bible in in the bible says that submitting yourself one to another in the fear of god submitting yourself one to another in the fear of god child of god the lord told moses that he should lay his hands upon joshua and the bible said in the book of Deuteronomy that the spirit of the lord felt joshua in wisdom so the infilling of the holy spirit came in the dimension of wisdom whilst joshua submitted under the authority of moses and received the handling and there was an infilling so when it comes to infilling of the spirit one way is that sometimes god uses men the bible says, and when paul laid his hand upon them they were filled they were filled so if you don't know the act of submission as for me i i don't want to go to a church which i'm grown than but you have been going to hospital to a doctor who is your grandchild and you don't fear he putting certain substance chemical substance in your body and that is arrogance and that is why you can never be blessed one day a man of god visited our ministry and i invited another man of god to be present and when i invited that man of god he never came but other men of god came and they were blessed and this was a senior man of god who was visiting us and i felt that without doubt the lesser is blessed by the greater so why don't i open the doors for everybody to get blessed so this man of god never came and i wasn't worried but later on i had a comment that in a meeting he made a sarcastic comment i mean which was very very bad that he would never come and sit down in a this new mushroom churches for somebody to come and pray what do they know what do they know when i heard it i said oh what do they know at least come and see what we are doing and tell us that it's wrong and correct us i was so wounded but i didn't talk as i'm talking to you right now that man of god is out of active ministry in a space of 10 years space of 10 years it was our first anniversary as a ministry and this this message came out of his lips and i'm sure the holy spirit was was wounded in his heart like how i sent my servant to town and you don't have the act of submission to come and sit down other men of god that came there were a lot of men of god that came who had not started their ministry but as i'm talking to you right now they have already started and they are doing well in ministry but this one was already in ministry a, a kind of a, a, a senior person was doing so well and as i'm talking to you out of ministry and he's not active now struggling to survive struggling to survive we have to be very careful because the holy spirit is very sensitive if you don't know the act of submission you have cut yourself from flow you can never receive flow you can never and without doubt hebrews 7 7 and without doubt the lesser is blessed by the greater the lesser is blessed but so god has placed another way for us to be filled with the spirit in submission the act of submission so if you don't know how to submit i'm very sorry for you i'm very sorry for you that is why you need a father figure over you that is why you need to go and sit under certain authority that is why you need to many times i listen to a lot of messages on youtube listen to many friends who are strong in certain dimensions of the word than me there are sometimes i call friends 
the times I call people, men of God, like Prophet Manasseh, and ask them on certain doctrines, what do they think? What is their view? It doesn't make me less. It rather gets me better. It, it, it helps me to become sound in doctrine. And that's what you don't know. And that's why you are making a lot of mistakes as a young man. This is why you are making a lot of mistakes. You have become so arrogant. You have grown more than your, your, your size. So arrogant and so proud. Who told you you are the one to tell who is, who is, I mean, in charge? Who deceived you to think that you have come of age? And sometimes they say, eh, spiritual authority and spiritual growth has nothing to do with time. It's not true. It is that, you see, time is a grace for growth. Time is a grace for growth. If we have a book to read, for us to get better, we need time to sit down. If you don't have time, you cannot accumulate so if you meet somebody in ministry don't don't be arrogant and think you are better than the person because he has experienced the times and the seasons he had experienced the times and the seasons glory even if he had failed what caused him to fail he's so experienced in it you don't know anything and if you will submit he will tell you that boy don't step here you will come to where i am when you read the bible the bible says those in hell they made a statement. He said that you two have done this and you have arrived here. You two have managed to come here. It means that those in hell even have experience. And we are walking about. We are walking about. Can I tell you something? Many mantles don't fall from heaven. Many mantles fall from men. Many mantles fall from men. A mantle fell from Elijah to Elijah. A mantle fell from Moses to Joshua. Many mantles fall from men. So if you don't know how to submit, if you don't know the art of submission, I'm here to tell you, you have cut yourself from supply. You have cut yourself from evil. You cannot be filled. The Bible says, and the Lord took the spirit which was upon Moses and placed it upon other 70. Joshua learned how to submit and he received the spirit of wisdom. Hey, the art of submission. James 4, the verse number 6 to 7. He said that, but he given more grace. He given more grace. You may have grace already. But if you know the art of submission, he given more grace. Wherefore he said, God resists the proud, but given grace unto the humble. Submit yourself therefore to God. That's what the Bible said. To qualify for more, submit. To qualify for more, submit. Thank you, Holy Spirit any area of your life you cannot submit i'm very sorry to tell you you have not positioned yourself for increase no you have not it can be in business it can be in anything you must learn how to submit you must learn how to submit i'm telling you the truth you must learn how to sub submission is actually a choice choosing submission is not it's not a spirit or something it's a choice it's an art it's something you must learn it's intentional submission is not the same as humility no it's not the same they're not the same submit 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 you see submission means that you have the capacity to to see yourself as equal as the person or maybe you was even your classmate you were all together but you see you were all sleeping on the same bed but now you can see that there's a shift in grace there's a shift in grace what do you have to do you must take a decision by the virtue of humility to bring yourself down to learn from him and if as you do that it's because you chose to bring yourself to that point and because it's a, a, a matter of choice it means that it's an intentional thing it's an intentional thing i'm talking about how to get filled how to get filled with the spirit 
there are people who may come and kneel down in front of you for you to lay hands upon them and they will not get filled because in their heart they have not submitted. <laughs> Since the Holy Ghost is also referred to as the spirit of grace, it should imply consequently that God supplies an ever increasing of the spirit as we submit because the Holy Spirit is also called the spirit of what? Grace. Thank you, Lord. Luke 22, the verse number 41 to 43. Jesus was about to go to the cross to pay the highest price ever in his life. Jesus was actually agonizing in the garden of Gethsemane. Jesus was looking at where he was and where he was going. And he realized that according to his desire and his will, he wishes this thing does not come to pass. But the Bible says whilst he was praying and he chose by submission the will of the Father, immediately an angel from heaven descended in the garden and actually what strengthened him what kind of strength is that he filled him up the bible said and he was withdrawn from the, them about a stone cast and knelt down and prayed saying father if thou be willing remove this cup from me nevertheless not my will but thine be, thy will be done and there appeared an angel unto him from heaven strengthening him strengthening him why because he submitted to the will the act of submitting that submission was part of his virtues he submitted to the will of the father and for demonstration of the act of submission the father released an angel with a supply of grace for him to be able to overcome that which was more challenging so i always say that the way up is always the way down if you don't know how to come down, if you want to jump, you must always go down before you spring yourself up. The way up is always the way down. Submission. The final thing about how to get filled. The Bible says that let the word of God dwell in you richly. Number five, that's what I'm talking about. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. The indwelling of the word, the increase of the word will determine the content of the spirit that is alive in you. Man of God, what are you saying? Jesus said the words that I speak they are not just for hearing he said they are life and they are spirit so the more word I soak in the more spirit I draw in the more of the spirit I draw in the words I speak they are life and they are spirit Colossians 3 says that let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another in Psalms hymns and spiritual songs and this is the same relation we have with Ephesians chapter 5 that we must be filled singing in psalms, hymns and spiritual songs so it has a link that as the word of God dwells in us richly we increase in the, in, the infilling of the spirit as the word of God dwells in us richly we increase in the infilling of the spirit glory hallelujah that is why your bible must be your friend you must read it you must study it you must meditate upon it you must wake up at night and confess it sometimes just lift the bible and begin to read it the lord is my shepherd i shall not walk i'll be walking in your hall the, the early days of the coronavirus i was in my office when a, 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 a son of mine traveled all the way from china and he came around and when he came for a long time i've not seen him so when i saw him i couldn't figure him out he was he was just slim he was he was this i mean and coughing and i was like hey they said this coronavirus thing it makes you cough and you are coming from china and he told the driver that picked him from the airport that take me straight to akimoda i don't want to go he was supposed to go to Kumasi. he said i don't want to go to Kumasi. i want to see pastor david according to him 
he kept seeing me in his dream in china when the doctors checked him and realized that ah, there was nothing wrong with him but he felt he was sick so when he came to me in the office what did i do the lord led me the lord told me he said do, do do these two things to him he said first give him communion he said don't lay hands on him don't pray for him first give him communion and number two tell him that he should start the whole book of psalms wake up at night and walk in the hall reading it aloud reading it aloud and by the time he will get to the 50th chapter of the book of psalms proceeding from there he will begin to see and realize that health is answering unto him i said hey what kind of direction is this one so i told him it, it wasn't too powerful because he needed to hear some wild tongues for it because he was sitting in my office he got up he was falling down i was like hey what is this is it the coronavirus that this boy has brought to my office but you know we are immune already by the grace of god so when i was giving him the communion i took the communion myself and this guy was a he said he has a strong prophetic grace upon his life and the lord was using mightily in the nation of china and he came down and whilst i ministered the communion to him i told him what the lord told me and he left and when he left he went to kumasi he got to kumasi i was there a week he called me after after meeting like this when i got to the office i received a call from a straight line when i picked it he said papa it is me papa it is me god bless you god bless you papa you can't imagine the thing went like something as i was reading the bible and confessing it in my hall going up and down before i realized the more i read the more stronger i become he said you can't believe that i'm perfectly well now i was like what he said doctors have tried he said they tried me they, they tried i mean they they diagnosed me in china they did everything it didn't work i came to ghana i visited at the hospital it didn't work and you just showed me the simple thing and in fact that was my first time please don't make it a doctrine <laughs> i beg you <laughs> that was my first time i had to direct somebody do this and it worked why because there is the, the, the bible says that for the spirit of life has set me free that spirit of life that spirit that is in the word it's also called the spirit of grace the spirit of life it sets free so whilst he was confessing reading the bible the spirit of life was inoculating and what happened before he realized he was set free he was set free you shall be set free in the name of jesus christ yeah as you study the word hallelujah second peter 1 2 says that grace and peace be multiplied the multiplication of grace and peace is connected to your knowledge of the word he said grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of god and of jesus our lord all oh, glory grace and peace what about second peter verse chapter number three the verse number 18 he said but go in grace how do i go in grace and in the knowledge of our lord jesus christ to him be glory both now and forever glory is not powerful so these keys have been handed onto your hand into your hands cheaply these keys they have been handed to hand cheaply so why do you sit down why would you sit down to be molested of the enemy why would you sit down and complaining about the lack of wisdom and not knowing what to do whilst there is supply there are avenues just begin to engage them just begin to engage them glory hallelujah glory hallelujah now today i want i just i just want to go to today's message beloved we have been handling the foundations of the christian faith we are still on the foundation of the christian faith and we have dealt with the foundation of repentance from dead works the foundation of uh, faith towards god and the foundation of 
uh, what's the name, baptisms. And now we have come to the foundation of the laying on of hands. The foundation of the laying on of hands. And I'm here to tell you that laying hands actually is a doctrine or is, is a foundational reality that a Christian must know. You see, there are certain things that if you don't know, if something is a foundation, if you get it wrong, your whole building will go wrong. And I'm telling you that the errors, the, the affliction, the, the trouble many people are going through in their life, in their ministry, in their marriages, is because they got one of their foundations wrong. One of the foundations wrong. Pastor, what are you talking about? I'm telling you something very important. Something very, very important. And I want to quote a scripture to you. I want to quote a scripture to you. And you'll be very, very surprised. Thank you, Holy Spirit. First Timothy 5, the verse number 21 to 22. You will be very, 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 very surprised. The Bible says that I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels that thou observe these things, observe them without preferring one before another. Some of you, you love to anointed you love things i mean you choose what you like but the bible says you must observe these things without preferring one before another that is doing nothing by partiality the verse number 22 say that lay hands suddenly on no man neither be partaker of another man's sin keep thyself pure some people have fallen trap to setting corruption some people have fallen trap they have become victims of bad marriages, bad companies, bad ministries. Why? Because of certain hands they submitted to. Why? It, because it's a foundational truth. If you get it wrong at the foundation, the whole building will be wrong. But I pray that the message of God will find you. As the word of God is coming, the message of God will find you. What is a foundation? You must take it serious. What is a foundation? You must take it because the moment there is an error in your foundation, no matter where you build to, you can never rectify it until you bring down the whole building and then you rectify it and start building again. Yeah, so it is very important today. People are going about laying hands anyhow on people, laying hands anyhow the moment you sing a song and somebody falls under the anointing then you see people moving going to stretch their hands on them if i were you i'll open my eyes one day somebody was a certain man of god was going to lay his hand on me the holy spirit told me said look at this hand that is coming when i saw i opened my eyes it was a group of men of god there was a particular man of god who was bringing the hand and i saw her hand his hand like fork fork like like uh, the fork we used to uh what's the name plow fuck and immediately i dodged <laughs> i dodged i took my head from the place there are certain hands that when they come upon you look your life will be changed forever hebrews chapter 6 the verse number one to three therefore leaving the principles of the doctrine of jesus christ let us go on unto perfection not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards god and of the doctrine of baptism and of laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment so now we are looking at the laying on of hands 
the laying on of hands. Ah. Is it a doctrine? Is it a foundational truth? Yeah, it is. Oh, just laying hands. Yes, it is. Let's read the scripture in Genesis 42. And that was the first time a hand was laid prophetically. And let's look at something. Genesis 48, the verse number 10 to 22. It's a long scripture, but we're going to read it. Because it has a lot to do for us. He said, Now the eyes of Israel were dim for age, so that he could not see. And the, the word Israel there is talking about Jacob. The Bible says that when Jacob saw Joseph, his son, the Bible says Israel stirred himself. Israel stirred himself. That means that he entered into his prophetic elements. Prophetically, his Israel. Physically, we knew him as Jacob. So the Bible says Israel stirred himself. So the Bible says that now the eyes of Israel were dim for age, so that he could not see, and he brought them near unto him, and he kissed them. Who is he talking about? We are talking about Manasseh and Ephraim, the two sons of Joseph. The two sons of Joseph. And Joseph is the son of Jacob. And Jacob was carried to Egypt. For a longer time, I don't see Joseph. And he was about to die and he wanted to bless his 12 sons. Blessed everybody and when Joseph came around, instead of laying his hands on joseph to pray for joseph the bible says that he laid his hand on his two sons and he prayed for joseph these are prophetic dimensions and these prophetic fathers when they are doing things we must take very critical look and consideration at them we don't have to overlook them we should look at how things are done and why they are doing things the bible said it was by faith enoch walked with god so all that enoch was doing was actually prophetic it was spiritual it was consistent with righteousness because it was an act of faith. It was an act of faith. So this is another prophetic father, a covenant father that we have to learn from. So when Joseph came around, his two sons were with him and he came in front of his father and these two sons were in, his, in, in between his legs. And the Bible said that, and Israel said unto Joseph, I had not thought to see thy face and lo, God has showed me also thy seed. That is your children. And Joseph brought them out from between his knees and he bowed himself with his face to the earth. It means that he bowed down before his father. And Joseph took them both, Ephraim in his right hand. Ephraim was the youngest. He was in his right hand and brought them near unto him. Ephraim in his right hand towards Israel's left hand and Manasseh in his left hand towards Israel's right hand. So it means that Ephraim who was the youngest was in the right hand for safety reasons when you are working with two children as a father you know you handle the youngest safely so for joseph to handle Ephraim in the right hand that one was for safety reasons so he brought Ephraim in the right hand to his father but he took Ephraim to the left side or the left hand of jacob or to or to israel and brought Manasseh, who is the eldest, to the right of Israel. And the Bible said, <laughs> And Israel, that is Jacob, stretched out his hand and laid it upon Ephraim's head. Who was the younger? He stretched out his right hand. So instead of the right hand going to the one who came from the left, it rather went to the one who came from the right. 
Ephraim came from the right side and therefore received the right blessing. <laughs> Was connected to the right hand of impartation. And then Manasseh came from the left and the left hand went there. The truth of the matter is that it was not Joseph's style of presentation of the children that induced the way of impartation. No. It had nothing to do with that. Let's listen to what happened. So Israel stretched his right hand and laid it upon Ephraim's head who was the younger and his left hand upon Manasseh's head guiding his hands wittily for Manasseh was the firstborn. Though Manasseh was the firstborn, he didn't receive the, the right hand blessing. And he blessed Joseph. Can you imagine? His hands were on the children, but yet he was blessing their father. He blessed Joseph and said, God, bef God, before whom my father Abraham and Isaac did walk, the God which fed me all my life long unto this day, the angel which redeemed me from all evil, bless the, the lads and let my name be named on them and the name of my fathers Abraham and Isaac and let them grow into the multitude in the midst of the earth and then while she was praying like sometimes the way we normally do when somebody's praying for us Joseph opened his eyes to really see what is happening and what happened and when Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand upon the head of Ephraim it displeased him and he held up his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim's head onto Manasseh's head. And Joseph said unto his father, Not so, my father, for this is the firstborn, but thy right hand upon his head. And his father refused and said, I know it, my son, I know it. He also shall become a people, and he also shall be great. But truly, his younger brother shall be greater than he, and his seed shall become a multitude of nations and he blessed them that day saying indeed shall Israel Israel bless saying God make thee as he said God make thee as Ephraim and Manasseh and he set Ephraim before Manasseh in actual sense the father should have said God made thee as Manasseh and Ephraim but because of the prophetic impartation the trend changed in the realm of the spirit. So the spiritual man, Israel, the Bible keeps using the word Israel. But before the word Israel, before Je Joseph came around, the Bible kept saying Jacob, 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 Jacob. But when Joseph came around with the two sons, the Bible said that when Joseph saw, I mean Jacob saw Joseph, the Bible said Israel stirred himself. Stirred himself. Wow. And now he activated the anointing of Israel. He entered into his prophetic element. Don't forget the angel of God met Jacob and said that your name is not Jacob. You are called Israel. So sometimes he operated as Jacob. But when it was time to bless, he blessed at Israel. He blessed at Israel. And changed the destiny of two people. Ephraim, who was the kid, was made to carry the blessing, the anointing, the impartation of the firstborn and Manasseh who was supposed to carry the impartation of the firstborn ended up with another anointed through the instrumentality of the laying on of hands can you imagine through the instrumentality so Joseph got up and wanted to take his father's son from the younger one and take him back to the other he said no I am the father I see better than you child of God and this was the first time a human being was laying his hands and look at the prophetic things that happened 
look at the prophetic thing that happened so when we look at this story we are able to see that the prophetic representation of the right hand is actually power authority and inheritance the right hand carries what power authority and inheritance and don't forget the elder son is always entitled to the inheritance he leaves but this time it went to uh what's the name the youngest i believe i'm teaching something very important here we are traveling follow so you see that this prophetic demonstration in the old testament shows how powerful hand laying is in the body of christ how powerful hand laying is in the body of christ so you don't just get up and lay hands and you don't just get up and submit to any hand because the kind of hand that is coming upon you is it a left hand or a right hand who is that laying hands is it jacob or is israel who is that laying that hand is it jacob or is israel you must understand these things hallelujah hallelujah so the bible said that and israel said to joseph behold i die but god shall be with you and bring you again unto the land of your fathers moreover i have given to thee at one portion above thy brethren which i took out of the hand of amorite with my sword and with my bow hallelujah so you have to understand these things please and be aligned you see one of the things that gives you prophetic advantage in uh ministry is the wisdom of god and i'm telling you the truth the wisdom that came upon solomon or let me make the statement well wisdom is relative don't forget wisdom wisdom actually you can't call yourself a wise man and and expect to be uh wise on every dimension no it doesn't work like that there is a man who may be wise maritally there is a man who may be wise financially there is a man who may be wise this way. so if you want to be wise you must keep growing in wisdom in dimensions that is why though solomon was wise in leadership yet he failed in relationship solomon failed in relationship and when satan was about to attack solomon he never attacked solomon from the dimension of leadership he attacked solomon from the dimension of relationship using women and this is the reason why a lot of men of god our marriages and our 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 finances and many other things fail though we succeed in the in the pulpit laying hands casting out devil healing the sick but sometimes our marriages begin to suffer because we don't have marital wisdom we think that the anointing upon us is the same thing that communicates the wisdom to marry it is wrong you get it wrong you must take time to sit down and sit down with the word and receive wisdom in that dimension hallelujah so you must have wisdom in the work in your work with god in the things of the spirit in the kingdom to become a champion to win so for us to be successful as christians we must understand the 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 prophetic dimension of hand laying what truly it is it's an instrument actually it's an instrument it's a mechanics or a technology in the spirit that gives us certain advantage handling the laying on of what of hands when we read Levit- leviticus chapter one the verse number four this was the the, the, the the second time the bible was talking about handling 
and this time the hand laying was upon animals laying hands upon him he said and he shall put his hand upon the head of the bent offering and it shall be accepted for him to make atonement for him laying hands on the bent offering made it acceptable laying hands on the bent offering this time the hand laying is upon animal for payment, the payment of sins in general laying hands laying hands you see when the children of Israel sin what they do is they bring a sacrifice and at the gate of entry or the door of entry they, they, they lay hands on it and they slaughter it there are a lot of sacrifices but this sacrifice is actually the bent offering sacrifice the bent offering sacrifice which is actually like you are about to be um, ordained or you're about to be sent into another dimension of ministry or into another level in your life in order to be careful that there is no sin which will be a hindrance to the next level that you are going because what the devil does is that he takes advantage the devil takes advantage of your next level in order to be sure that there is no hidden sin somewhere a sacrifice is offered and this sacrifice what happened is that you are called to lay your hands on it and when you lay your hands on it that goat or that sheep is slaughtered and as you lay your hands on it it's like the sin that you are not aware of that sin that you are not aware of what actually happens is that it's actually imparted into that animal and it is slaughtered we stand to reason that when we lay hands there is some amount of impartation we can impart they used to impart sin from human beings to animals before they slaughter it and some of them they send it they send it into the wilderness so the leviticus 1 4 says that and he shall put his hand upon the head of the bent offering and it shall be accepted for him to make atonement for him and there's, there's another sacrifice in chap, uh, leviticus chapter 3 the verse number 2 8 and 13 that is called the fellowship offering the fellowship offering and this one the fellowship offering the hebrew word is from the greek word shalom shalom which is also peace is a peace offering this same offering is also the offering of fellowship that is an offering that gives you access to partnership koinonia is an offering that gives you access to what koinonia so when you read the bible leviticus chapter 3 the verse number 2 the bible says and he shall lay his hand upon the head of his offering and kill it at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation and Aaron's sons and the priests shall sprinkle the blood upon the altar round about and, and blah 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 and you see when this is done you 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 become partaker of the grace or the 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 blessing you fellowship with it hallelujah so it means that <laughs> for every fellowship sacrifice or yes fellowship offering it actually removes every hindrance that will prevent us to become perfect partakers of the blessing 
that is found in fellowship. When you read Psalm 113, the Bible says that, look at how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like an oil that has been poured. The Bible says, there, the Lord commands his blessing. There is a certain blessing commanded at the place of unity. There's a certain, and for you to partake, for you to be part of it, a hand must be laid. And this fellowship offering actually is what takes care of an unintentional sins. Unintentional sins. Like, you may, you may have done something. Listen to me very careful. You may have done something and you don't even know you have done it. Maybe you made, you made an utterance which was very casual and the devil has taken advantage of it fighting against you. Fighting against you. And because of that, some of us, we, say we are born again. We are truly born again. Listen to me very, very careful. This is one reason why a lot of Christians suffer and go through many things they are not supposed to go through. We are truly born again but the things we are going through, the situations we are going through, it's as though we are not born again. Why? Because certain unintentional sins have been committed. Certain sins which were not even committed by you have been committed by some fathers. And it is really haunting you and having issues upon your life. Listen to me very, very careful. And don't come up with new crazy reality and uh, all things have become new. We know all things have become new. But you have to actually actualize all the things that have become new. All things have become new, but don't forget your soul was not new. Your body was not new. So which are the all things the Bible is talking about? That is what you must know. So some of the things may be hunting you. And you may not know. Because of something you have done. Oh my goodness. Commitment which gives the devil upper hand. It has given the devil upper hand to have access to do things in your life. When these things are in display, child of God, it's sometimes it's even at, on your blind side. It's even on your blind. You don't even know what's happening. You don't know what really is going on. You can't tell. I'm talking about the laying on of hands. You don't know these things. These are the implications. These are the manifestations. These are actually the impacts. You don't really know what is going on child of God at this point when certain things are going on in your life and you cannot tell what happened you don't even know when you committed this thing what you need is that a hand must come upon your head to redeem you a hand must come upon your head to redeem you a hand must and that is the demonstration of the fellowship of a hand must come upon your head to redeem you did you read the bible the bible said that all our transgression was laid upon him was laid upon him for our redemption for our redemption glory hallelujah thank you lord thank you lord the bible said that leviticus 16 the verse number 21 said and aaron shall lay both his hand upon the head of the living goat and confess over him all the iniquities of the children of israel and all their transgression in all their sins putting them upon the head of the goat and shall send him away by the hand of a fit man into the wilderness jesus was sent to the wilderness he went to die in the wilderness and he was the lamp of god that took away the sins of the world so there was an impartation a transference of sin from one man to another it was laid upon him it was laid upon it was laid upon him child of God you need a hand to come upon your life you need a certain hand to be laid upon you that situation that marital situation 
some of us is an utterance and we don't even remember we have made that utterance anyway we don't remember and it is eating us up we have tried everything can I tell you something what must go by the laying of hands fasting cannot take it prayer will not take it no there are things that answer to fasting there are things that answer to prayer and there are things that answer to what the laying on of hands you must know this that is a, a type it's a technology in the spirit for our redemption that is one it's a technology in the spirit for our redemption that is you must know this you must know this oh I'm getting too blessed here I'm getting too blessed here the laying on of hands has the ability to transfer transpose translate and transform don't forget the laying on of hands it has the ability to transfer so transference of spirits transference of graces transference of anointing can happen through the laying on of hands we are talking about this virtue this doctrine this foundational reality of the christian faith the laying on of hands this is the reason why some of us our christian life is so disturbed so disturbed today i was watching uh, 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 an expose on the internet about a man of god in ghana here and the things that he has been doing and i have been thinking about the number of people this man of god had laid his hand upon and the kind of transfer that has happened oh many of us carry our head and go and submit it to certain hands you carry your head and place it under certain hands and this is the reason for your problem this is the reason for your problem i pray for you in the mighty name of jesus may the mercies of god find you wherever you are and may god send in an emergency re redemption an emergency deliverance in the mighty name of jesus christ Leaning of hand is for transference, transpose, translate, and transform. Isaiah 53, the verse number 4 to 6. Listen to it very carefully. It's a very popular scripture. Isaiah 53, the verse number 4 to 6. Oh, Kalabasha Talabaha. He says, Surely he had bore our, our griefs. He had bore our griefs. Means that there has been a transference of our griefs unto him. And carried our sorrows. That is transportation. <laughs> Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgression. That is actually the trans the transpose. Transpose. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. The chastisement of what of our peace that means that he was actually our fellowship offering the chastisement of our peace for us to be able to partake in his life it was upon him and with his stripes we are healed and the bible says that all we like sheep have gone astray we have turned everyone to his own way and the bible says that and the lord had laid on him the iniquity of us all he's talking about jesus we are talking about the laying on of hands it is it is something practiced by god it is something god expects us to practice as men it is a foundational reality it's a foundational reality now second corinthians 5 20 21 second corinthians 5 20 21 i have to quote a lot of scriptures because it's a teaching service he said now now then we are ambassadors of christ 
why why how did we become ambassador of christ because of what he did we have been we have been transformed we have been translated we have been transposed and we have been what transported he said now we are we are, we are the mother of christ as though god did beseech you by us we pray you in christ's state be ye reconciled to god then he said for he had made him he had made him to be sin for us who knew no sin but he said that we might be made the righteousness of god there has been a transference there has been an interchange oh my goodness oh my goodness there has been a translation there has been a transpose and because of that we have been transformed we have become the righteousness of god because it was laid on him <laughs> so child of god i want you to understand that anytime there is the ministration of the laying on of hands or the the, the the practices of the laying on of hands these things are happening it is either you have, there's a transference there's a transpose there's a translation and there's a transformation or there's a transportation or there's what a transportation you'll be transported from one point to another point whether in the spirit or whatever whether in the spirit of whatever glory hallelujah Moses laid hands on Joshua and imparted wisdom honor and authority upon Joshua when you lay hands on a person you will impart virtues and one of the virtues that you will impart is wisdom you will impart honor honor or endorsement you will impart authority authority one day there was a young man of God who used to come around me and I was so moved always and I kept laying hands on him before the congregation I'll call him I'll be ministering that I'll feel moved and I'll lay hands after what the Lord was telling my heart to do and one day when I called him and I wanted to lay hands the Lord told me he said if you do this you are finished and immediately I stopped immediately I stopped and I climbed back to the stage and I never understood it I kept watching a child of God you'll be very surprised what that man of God turned out to become even towards me even towards me then I understood the Lord and when I sat down to study the word of God on the laying on of hand, the doctrine of laying on of hand, then I realized what I have done. You see, when you lay hands, you are endorsing authority. You are endorsing authority. You are giving somebody authority to stand in your stead. To be as you. This is what happens. My God, let's look at Numbers 27, the verse number 18 to 22. Numbers 27, the verse number 18 to 22. He says, so the Lord said to Moses, take Joshua, the son of Nun, a man whom is the spirit of leadership. So he saw something in Joshua that he was, a, he was having the spirit of leadership. And lay your hands on him. He said, have him stand before Eleazar, the priest, and the entire assembly, and commission him in their presence. The verse number 20, that is where the danger is. He said, give him some of your authority. 
so as moses was laying hands he was giving him some of, so as i was also laying hands on that young man i was giving him some of my authority wow and i didn't know for lack of knowledge for lack of knowledge wilderness will always teach us experience <laughs> wilderness always has something beautiful it comes with wisdom from experience give him some of your authority or honor the same word is honor so the whole israelite committee will obey him he is to stand before eliezer the priest who will obtain decision for him by inquiring of the urim before the lord at his command he and the entire community of israel will go out and at his command they will come in so you see you will change a person who was not respected who was not obeyed who was who nobody knew this young man was just in town nobody knew anything nobody nobody considered him anything but you see as i gave him that authority now he was recognized <laughs> to the point of even stabbing me at the back and i was like wow and the lord said i told you one day i <laughs> i don't even know what i'm talking about i have to talk about it so that we will learn lessons because there's so much error in the body of christ that is causing disaster so much error okay i won't talk about it <laughs> I, I won't talk about it but what i'm telling you is that man of god be careful how you lay hands and whom upon whom you lay hands and make sure you lay hands under command don't just lay hands because when you lay hands even on a goat according to the bible there's a transference do you know that do you know that and that's what you don't know and we keep laying hands we keep stretching our hands the moment we sing a song and people are the, the presence is so much you begin to lay hands i have been in meetings where i never lay hands on anybody but you cannot deny the fact that the presence of god was heavy i have been in it so that you see <laughs> laying on of hands is not a medium to make the meeting nice it's not a medium to make the meeting nice. and it's not a medium to prove your power as a man of god no it's not true man of god it is not true that when you prophesy to anybody you must lay hands no prophecy is administration on its own laying on of hands is also another administration on its own don't don't be influenced by what you have seen on television be influenced by what you have seen in the word the word of god let the word be your counselor let the word be your wisdom and operate by that order oh we have made a lot of errors I don't think I'll make some errors any longer. No. Don't take it for granted. Don't. Don't. Don't do that. One day, I traveled to Kumasi with my father in the Lord, Apostle Edmond Fripo. And I had always yearned to understand the scriptures like this man and be able to preach the word of God like this man. I had always yearned. I met him in 1998. 1997 or 98, yeah. I've been with my father all these years. <laughs> Some of you, you know how to change fathers, change the lesson of fathers. I don't, I don't know how you, you, you do that. Maybe I'll have to come and learn from you. But I'm not ready to change my father. And I had always been with this man and we go for meetings and this man can teach the word and I, I feel like, no, this is not a human being. And I was yearning. And one day we were traveling back from Kumasi and I was supposed to go to Kofaridia. When we got to Sum Johnson, he told me, calm down. So I got out of the car and in the middle of the street 
He told me, go down on your knees. And I went down. And he laid hand on me. And he said, what is upon me? Come upon you. From today, may you have an open Bible. Just like that. Just like that. And I got that. From that day to now, I look into the Bible. I see, I see videos. I see pictures. I, 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 see, I hear voices. I hear somebody interpreting scriptures to me. From that day to now. Wow. By the ministry of laying on of hands. Wow. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Some of you are so arrogant. I don't want them to lay hand on me. I'm, I'm, I'm a man on my own. I'm a, oh, nobody's saying you are not a man. But a new dimension you are supposed to you are expect, you are envying. It is connected to that. He said, you will give him some of your authority. Don't forget. The other thing is that when somebody lays his hands upon you, you at certain point in time, you are entitled to inheritance. Based on the type of hand laying that was engaged. I'm not here to explain that one. When the hand laying was actually crossed by the prophetic father Jacob, and it the right hand went to Ephraim. Ephraim, instead of becoming a king, took over the inheritance as a firstborn from Joseph. Wow. <laughs> Glory. Glory. Second Kings 13, the verse number 14 to 18. Second Kings 13, the verse number 14 to 18. He said, now Elisha had been suffering from the illness from which he died. Jehoash, king of Israel, went down to see him and wept over him. When you are there, visit your father in the Lord. Some of you, you only call people your father. <laughs> you don't visit, you don't do anything. You, you don't do any, you don't call, no testament, nothing. You don't, you only call them by name. It's just on your head. It's just on your head. Oh, the last time you sent your father during this coronavirus season. Have you sent your father, Daddy? How are you? Have you have you done it? The Bible said that the king visited his father. And when he got there, he wept because his father was sick. He didn't go to disclose, ah, my father is about to die. I'm about to take his place. Now, when he dies, I'll be the next Elisha. No, he didn't. Some of us we always want to expose the weaknesses of our fathers. But what you don't know is that it is wisdom for you. So he said, when he got there, he said, my father, my father, he cried. Then he said, the chariots and the horsemen of Israel. It's not the same statement Elisha did to Elijah. How you treat your father is how they will be treated you. <laughs> he said, Elisha said, get a bow and some arrows. And he did so. They Take the bow in your hands. He said to the king of Israel, when he had taken it, the Bible said, Elisha put his hands on the king's hands. Then he said, open the east window. He said, he opened it. Then he said, shoot. And Elisha said, shoot. And the lost arrow of victory, the arrow of victory over Aram, Elisha declared. Then he said, you will completely destroy the Arameans at Afek. Then he said, take the arrows. And the king took them. And Elisha told him, strike the ground, blah, 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 blah. Now, what I'm trying to let you know is that the young man, the king, went to his father, the old man that is sick. He was sick. He was sick in body. He was old. But, and he was about to die. But he gave direction to the man, the young man. The Bible says that the excellency of the young man is his strength. So, this one was strong, yet lacked direction, lacked wisdom, lacked experience. And his father 
gave him direction and after he laid his experienced hand upon his strong hands upon the young man's strong hand and gave him another instruction he said shoot child of god no matter how strong you are it is by the laying on of hands of your your spiritual father it's by the laying of hand of that wise man that man that is that, that that has gone where you are going to get you to shoot accurately to get you to shoot accurately. you may shoot by strength and go far but you may not hit target so the fact that you are running doesn't mean you are running the right direction in the realm of the spirit direction is more important than speed direction is more important than speed because no matter how well and how strong and how fast you run at the wrong direction you will never arrive at the right place you will never you will never oh i'm happy i'm happy about what i'm teaching because i believe that it will bring a lot of sanity and sanity to the body of christ so that you don't get up somebody may be with you in the office the father we are in the same office and uh, there's a man of god in your office and because you are in the same office you, you are using carnal things to interpret spiritual things you are finished you are finished if that is the case the ark of god would it have slain and killed people You may have an issue in the office and that man of God or that woman of God may be the perfect person to lay hands on you for you to come out. Don't joke with it. Don't joke with handling. Look, don't joke. And don't despise hands that have come upon you. Ah! Kaya, 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 kaya. Oh, I wish I have a lot of time because there is much to teach. There is much to teach. There is much to teach. When we lay hands on people, we are able to impart healing. One of the things is that when it comes to healing, it has a connection with laying on of hands. The Bible says in Mark 16, the verse number 17, it says, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. And the verse number 8 says that they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They said, They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Who is he talking about? He's talking about believers. Anybody that is a believer can lay hands on an unbeliever and he will be, you'll be well. That's what the Bible is saying. They will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Now, I must, I must let you understand here. I don't know why God made it like that. But when it comes to hand laying for healing, you see, you, not any ordinary person can lay hands on another Christian for him to be healed. That is an amazing thing. Not any, but any ordinary Christian can lay hands on an unbeliever and he will be, he will be, he will be well. When you read the Bible, the book of James, chapter 5, 14 to 16 says that. When you are sick as a believer, he said, call upon the elders. So it is the elders' hand upon you that brings healing to the believer in the body of Christ. It is the elder's hand upon you that brings healing to the believer in the body of Christ. But when it comes to the healing of the unbeliever, look, any believer, even if you got born again today, you can lay hands on the sick and you'll be healed. When you read the Bible, Mark 6, the verse number 5, the Bible says that, and he could do no miracle there except he laid his hands on few sick people and healed them. He laid his hand on few sick people and he healed them. This is talking about Jesus. So Jesus healed by laying on of all hands. Acts 28, the verse number 8. Acts 28, the verse number 8. The Bible says that, And it happened that the father of Publius, 
was lying in bed afflicted with recurrent fever. I'm sure maybe it could be a coronavirus fever. And this entry. And Paul went in to see him. And after he had prayed, the Bible says he laid his hands on him and healed him. So understand this. He didn't pray whilst laying hands. Laying hands does not necessarily mean it must go with prayer. The Bible said, and the Bible didn't say they shall pray and lay hands. It said they will lay hands on the sick. So I can just put my hand. You see, putting your hand prophetically upon a person, it has what it does. I don't need to pray. You don't need to pray. That's what he said. <laughs> if he wanted you to pray, he said you will pray and lay hands. He said you lay hands. So, child of God, as you get out there, you can you can begin to heal a lot of people. As long as you are moved by the Lord, lay hands on this, lay hands on this, lay hands on this. When Paul got to Pablo's house, he laid hand on his father and healed him of fever in this century. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Healing is not imparted. You can't impart healing in a church just by uh, anybody at all laying hands. No, no, no. You need the elders. You need the elders to do the laying of hands. Now, let me sound this caution. One thing is that when it comes to the laying on of hands, as much as it is critical for who is laying the hands, who also is receiving the laying on of hands is also at risk. There is advantages and there are disadvantages when it comes to laying on of hands. And this is why we must know it because our breaking or our making has a lot to do with the hands that come upon us. And man of God, who you are laying your hands upon is also a reason for many happenings in your life if you lay your hands upon anybody god had not asked you to lay your hands upon it is just like moses striking the rock while god said i speak to the rock you miss something in ministry you miss something in ministry there are people who can fall down and die just like that like let's look at the scripture i read from the beginning first timothy 5 21 to 22 he said, I charge thee therefore, I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels that thou observe these things without preferring one before another. Then he said, doing nothing by partiality. Then the 22 said that, lay hands, lay hands suddenly on no man. Lay hands suddenly on no man. Don't just go around and be laying hands on people. That's what the Bible is saying. Do not go around and be laying hands on people lay hands suddenly on no man he said neither be partaker of another man's sin that means that you can lay hands on a person and partake of what is wrong in his life that's what the bible is saying neither be partaker of another man's sin there are men walking about with unconfessed sins and you go and lay hands on them there are men walking about with unconfessed sins and they are laying hands on people you are partaking and that you are transferring spirits upon the one you are laying hands upon if the person's spirit is not stronger or you are attracting or partaking of something which you are not supposed to and that makes it very dangerous that is why God has made it a doctrine because it is part of the foundation young man you are starting a ministry the hand that came upon you matters it, it, it has a huge implication on the growth and the, the, the way forward it has a huge implication it has a huge implication and this one this one we don't know this one we don't know the father the man has crowd the father the man has crowd doesn't call that he has a crown no it's not true 
when Jesus was about to die, the crowd left him. So your crowd does not significant, I mean, I mean, re replicate or does not stand to the fact that you have a crown. No, it's not true. It does not signify that. So don't chase after people. They have the crowd. They have the crowd. My God, lay your hands on me. You have the crowd. My God, lay hands on me. Do you know what you are catching? Do you know what you are attracting? Do you know what you are catching? Man of God, the fact that somebody brought a seed offering and the seed offering was heavy, he sent you a seed offering. Does it mean that? Tell him, now down. Let me lay hands on you. Do you know why he's doing that? The Bible said that a man was in the Bible who went to Paul and told Paul, he offered Paul money and told Paul to lay hands so that he attracted the, the, the Holy Ghost. And Paul said, I perish with your money. Perish with your money. Why? Paul understood the doctrine of laying on of hand. Why? Because he knew that that guy was a sorcerer. He doesn't need a hand laying. He needs repentance. He needs to be born again. No hand laying. So if Paul had laid his hand upon that, he would have partaken of his sin. He would have partaken of his sin. He would have partaken of his sin. So the Bible is warning us that we should not quickly get up and begin to lay hands. And we should not allow ourselves to be, to, be, to be receiving any hand upon our head. Upon our shoulders. Any hand that is coming, hey, pa, then it's upon your head. And emotionally too, you are screaming. You have been imparted with a demon. You think you have been imparted with the Holy Ghost. You are screaming. It is not every scream in the church. That is the scream of the Holy Spirit. Please. We have to understand this. Beloved, don't make that mistake. Oh, I'm happy I'm teaching you this today. I'm happy I'm teaching you this today. Especially at this crucial time in Ghana here. Today when I was listening to that expose, a lot of men of God who were in the awkward, I mean who are in the awkward, their names were mentioned, say, hey! Hey! And they have been laying hands. Laying hands on people, oh! People have been traveling, going to them for hand laying. Hey! Because they have the crowd faking miracles and doing many things don't you have discernment <laughs> don't you have discernment oh my goodness my brother look you never you never became you, you were never a womanizer when you started ministry until a particular hand came upon you look back you will see where it started from you will see where you, you just received an impartation Sometimes when I'm ministering, I see the manifestation of the hands that have been laid upon me. It is, it is clear. It is clear. Look back. Don't just submit to any, any hand. No. Don't just submit to any hand, please. Don't. Oh. Uh. The reason why you don't have to submit to any hand is because when we lay hands, Another thing that happens to us that spiritual there are spiritual impartations. Okay, if the land the hand that is coming upon you is the hand that is inspired by, by God or anointed by God, it's, it's a righteous hand that is anointed by God, you can be sure there will be an impartation of spiritual gifts. First Timothy 4 14. In fact, when you read first Corinthians 1 7, the Bible talks about the fact that we should make sure that we always update. The, the gift of God upon our life. We should not. We should not lack the gift of God. How do I do that? By connecting to First Timothy four fourteen. First Timothy four fourteen says that what? There is a gift which has been imparted into our spirit by the laying on of what of hands. 
by the leading of all of us so paul was telling timothy that he should stir up the gifts which had been imparted upon him by the laying on of hands so when we receive hand laying there is an impartation of spiritual gifts there is an impartation of spiritual gifts second timothy 1 16 i mean 1 6 the same paul was telling his son his spiritual son timothy he said that wage a good warfare by the prophets that has come upon you and the hand that has come upon you what is the meaning when we lay hands on people they are able to wage a good warfare pastor what are you saying when elisha lay hands on his spiritual son he was able to shoot accurately so paul was telling timothy he said if you will win this wage, if you can win this warfare and win, win it the hand that has laid upon you he said you must stir that gift him stir it up stir it up he said wage a good warfare by the prophets and the hand that has come upon you so there will be a challenge in your life and you need to overcome it child of god sometimes you need a man of god to lay hands upon you for you to go back i remember when we're looking for a place of worship to rent another church wanted to use it for something else something very secular and i told them i said no you can't come and suck us here but they had money at that time we had just begun they had money oh they were they went to our landlords saying many things accusing me of many things i have not done telling me i've insulted them hey and i was being called upon so i got up every dawn come and hide in the auditorium and begin to pray and i prayed the more i was praying the worse it was becoming so one day i called my father in the lord and then he spoke and prayed and he said in the realm of the spirit there's no distance i connect i lay my hands through these airwaves and when he prayed that prayer that day that was the day the battle ended i waged a good warfare I wage a good warfare. Some of you are going through setting unnecessary contention. The reason why you are not able to overcome is because the voltage or the, the height of your strength is too little. The Bible says when you fail in the deal of adversity, your strength is little. So you need somebody who is a giant, somebody who had an increased order of the grace or the anointing to back you up with handling. When I was sparking, I was starting igniting my car and it was not starting because my battery was down. I left the lights on. So what I did was I called another car, a taxi driver, and he came around. And he connected a wire to his battery and laid it upon my battery. When he laid it upon my battery and I started the car, it started. That is the, the practicality of handling. <laughs> if you cannot overcome it, look for a stronger hand to come upon you. And face that situation, you'll overcome it. The doctrine of laying on of hand may god grant you grace in the mighty name of jesus christ it's also another medium for us to launch out into ministry when we when, when the bible said that he, 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 some apostles and prophets they, they, they were told to lay hands upon paul and then they send them for it's another way of launching up, us out into ministry hand laying is also for ordination according to Acts 6 the verse number one to six it is there glory hallelujah and i want to question you again keep yourself and don't be partaker of another man's sin keep thyself pure the father bible is saying keep thyself pure means that you can contaminate yourself through the practices of laying of hands either somebody's laying on you or you are laying on somebody so you must be very very careful you can also be contaminated by one the one you are laying your hands on 
like I said, and you can also end up transferring strange spirits onto the one you are laying hands on. If you're a fake man of God, or you're, if you have a certain weakness in your body and you, you go about laying hands on people, you can easily transfer that spirit upon the person if the person doesn't have strong spirit. So we must be very careful. Their sin becomes your sin. Their judgment becomes your judgment. And their pollution becomes your pollution. You must understand this. Do the Bible say that, that you keep yourself pure? Otherwise you'll be contaminated. You have to be sure who is touching you and who you are being touched by. You must be sure. You must be sure. The Bible says, by their fruit, you shall know them. By their fruit, you shall know them. Oh, glory. Glory. Before you lay hands on anybody, pray that God will protect you. So you are going into a service, you know that the Holy Spirit is leading you that today, you must do a lot of ministration by handling him. Pray a lot. Pray in the tongues. Pray a lot. Pray that God will protect you. Plead the blood of Jesus upon your life. Plead the blood of Jesus so that there will not be any strange exchange. Already I've told you that we lay hands on the goat and transference of sin is done. Plead the blood upon you. Number three, make sure you are under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, not your intuition. Don't see the crowd and be moved. Don't just see the crowd and then you feel moved. You feel inspired. No. And then you are moving. Let the voice of God move you. I said, let the voice of God move you. Let the voice of God move you. Let the voice of God move you. Make sure you are so filled with the Holy Spirit and stronger than contamination around you. Make sure you are so filled. It's like osmosis. You must move from a higher concentrated solution to a lower concentrated solution. Even through a semi-permeable memory. Make sure you are penetrating. Because the Bible says, without that, the lesser is blessed by the greater. So whoever is standing in front of you, if his spirit is stronger than you, I shall lay hands on the person. I'm telling you, it will move from him to you. It will move from him to you. And pray in tongues and heighten your discernment. When you pray in tongues, you heighten your discernment. You are to one day I went for a meeting and whilst I was laying hands, I got to a particular lady. When I lifted my hand to lay, the Lord said, no, don't touch her hair. Don't touch her hair. I looked at her. And I was like, then I tried to lay, I said, don't lay hands. Then I stopped. If I tell you after the meeting, months after the meeting what that lady started doing you'll be shocked then i understood then i understood why the lord said that then i understood mm. there is power that when you receive certain hands on you you'll be established when you read romans 1 the verse number 11 to 12 there are certain hands that when they come upon you, he said, I yearn to come up unto you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gifts through the laying on of hands that you may be what? Established. So, so many Christians that backslide and fall off is because certain hands have not come upon them. You get born again, you must receive a hand that it will establish. As I'm here, I have hands that come upon me every year. Every year. I have fathers that speak into my life. They lay hands. They pray for me. Our fathers, I run to and kneel before them and tell my weakness. This is what I'm going through, Daddy. It's too much for me. And then they will lay hands and back me up. Help me with grace. Help me with grace. Do you do that? Do you do, do you do that? 
You are just going around thinking you are too powerful. Pray in touch, whatever. Always in a passing garden, a passing here, and this and that, and this and that. You need a hand to come upon your life. You need it. Some of us are standing here. We are, we are an answer to varieties of hands. We have received hands upon our lives. You cannot just push us down because we have a certain backing. We are so established. I got born again with a lot of brethren. Many of them are falling off. But why am I still on my feet? Certain hands came upon me. Certain hands came upon me. May the Lord establish you. He said, at the end, you may be comforted. So that at the end, you may be comforted. So the handling is also meant for our comforting. Can you imagine? The handling. I'm reading from Romans 1, the verse number 11 to 12. You think it's not in the Bible, is there? All I'm saying is in the Bible. Romans 1, verse 11 to 12. The handling is also for our comforting. So dearly beloved, I have come to you with the word of God. I have taught you. It's left with two foundational realities. Then we are done with the foundational truth. And we move on to another thing. Now you understand what it means to lay hands. The implication. The man of God that is laid the hands. We have seen that when we lay hands, anyhow, haphazardly going around, just lay hands on anybody at all, we may end up getting contaminated or contaminating others. It's a critical thing. Let us understand this. So, Pastor, what happens to me when when uh, a hand has been laid upon me and I realize that it has really imparted something into me? What you do is that, by the mercy of God, you look for a higher hand. You look for a higher hand to come upon you, to come up to 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 deliver you, to redeem you, to redeem you. So when you read the Bible, the sacrifice, the Bible says that there are some of the lambs that people lay their hands on, but there are some of the lambs the priest is the one who lays his hand on. <laughs> the priest is the one who lays his hand on. Glory, hallelujah. Oh, I feel blessed. I feel blessed. It has no question. I want to end here. God, you bless you for staying with us. God, you bless you. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe. You can share with your friends. Take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at KMZ Worldwide. For more information, visit kmzworldwide.org. Thanks again for listening. God bless you.